When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sheerlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sheerlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sheerluxvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlux Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Lou Half, and Tor Cardona. Tor is back at Sherlux as wellness editor, and we're so happy to have you back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you today. Good, we're so happy to have you. What has everybody been watching, listening to? What have you got to recommend? To be honest, I've just been watching all the same stuff that everyone else has been watching over the last few weeks. So yeah, Sex Education, Deadwater Fell, White House Farm, and Goop Lab, which we've already spoken about at length so I won't go on not about on the podcast so if you'd like to oh, I've also watched all of it I was really sceptical about watching it because it's goop and it could be a pile of shit but the episodes are only half an hour and actually so easy to digest and super interesting okay yeah do you feel the same yeah agree yeah. I only ended up watching it because we were going to talk about it on the show I probably mm. would have avoided it otherwise because when it came up on the like things to watch on Netflix I was like oh god that's just going to be terrible a step too far yeah, yeah and again like you Tor just absolutely loved it and was really intrigued by yeah. what they were talking about for those who haven't seen it remind us of the premise so it's Gwyneth sitting down with the other head of Goop it's them working through a different kind of angle every episode so energy healing psychics vaginas different kind of elements and then the team basically sit down and test different kind of therapies and treatments right it's like different types of wellness yeah right or yeah. to be more well but it's pretty damn kooky it is Lou and I were not as convinced as yeah, you guys yeah well no the first one I watched was the energy healing and I actually found it really really interesting I think that was the best one yeah and I feel maybe I'm lucky that I watched that as my first kind of entry yes. level into <laughs> goop lab but yeah I found that fascinating and and I think when, when we're on the show and we talk about it, I said that I found it interesting because I think some of these wellness methods get a bit of a bad rep. And I think often you can be a little bit skeptical about it if you aren't as familiar with these methods. And I think often when you then see it happening and you see people going through it, you're a bit like, oh, okay, there is really something to this. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think why I find it so interesting because people can tell you these stories about therapies that they've been through and how it impacted them. But I think unless you see it, mm-hmm. you have a different reaction mm-hmm. to it. And that one was so visual as well. Completely. Have you seen that one, Charlotte? No. The only one I watched, I also had that watched it as 
research for the Sherlock show oh. and I thought well if I'm going to do this I'm going to go all in so I watched mm. the orgasm episode which I, I just I couldn't it was very mm. graphic if yeah. you don't like yeah. other people's vaginas up yeah. close and personal I mean I am no prude but that was a yeah. step yeah. I just me. don't need to see that yeah, like, no. I do know what a vagina looks like yeah. I don't need to see other people's for reference yeah. and also like a live masturbation did yeah. not need to see that yeah. oh my god is that what it turned into it was I yeah, watched I probably the first 10 minutes and thought okay I've seen enough I get what this is going to be I didn't realise it was going to get mm, more so graphic, graphic. Mm, very graphic yeah very a bit graphic. much for me but I'm interested to watch the rest of them and I think I will I watched the LSD one first and I thought that was fascinating because I've read quite a lot not for personal reasons but I've read quite a lot into like micro dosing and all of the trauma and emotions that can be unlocked if you take psychoactive substances in controlled settings mm. with controlled doses so yeah like you Lou, yeah. I found it really interesting to actually physically watch people do it rather than just read about things mm-hmm. so yeah and did you watch the aging one as well no not that's yet. really good well, really good three of them they test their biological ages and oh. then they put them on different diets one's like a vegan diet one does a fasting diet and then they kind of retest oh. their biological age and until that point I had found Gwyneth a bit annoying because she doesn't really get involved or do yeah. anything mm. she, right. she's just an observer really <laughs> she, yeah. she goes on this five day fasting diet and she is literally dying oh that's quite good and that's really interesting it's true because I feel, feel like part of the cachet is that it's Gwyneth like you're yeah. watching to see a bit of yeah. that so that's good that she gets stuck in yeah Okay. Also, it's got people talking about it and it's got people talking about these mm-hmm. new wellness methods. Yeah. And I think, good on you. Mm-hmm. Although, did you see that the head of the NHS yes, came out this yes. week was like, nobody listened to Gwyneth Paltrow or rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one on the diets and the ageing is there are studies yeah. to show that those things do work. And so. I agree. And as you say, Lou, you watch people genuinely go through things, whether it's placebo or not, does it Completely. matter? Mm-hmm. Completely. Mm-hmm. If it works for people, it works for people. Yeah. Lou, what about you? On Saturday night, I watched The Phantom Thread for the first oh, time. Oh, that's one of my favourite films ever. It is so brilliant, I isn't it? it? Yeah. This is the Daniel Day-Lewis one. Yeah, yeah, so starring Daniel Day-Lewis, and it tells the story of a very well-respected, renowned couture designer set in the 50s, mm. I think it is. The film's from, I think, 2017. And in terms of a storyline, nothing groundbreaking really happens it sort of tells the tale of the two main characters and Daniel Day-Lewis who is the designer meets a waitress and she becomes his muse and his partner and you kind of get to see the desire and the weird strangeness in their relationship that kind of comes to fruition towards the end anyway it's so beautiful and the characters are so interesting yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis firstly is so attractive oh, yeah, he's sexy. the clothes he wears oh my God. in that particular film yeah. like, when he's got a sort of like fisherman-y roll neck on yeah. and stuff oh his styling is amazing like, he comes down for breakfast and he's got these flannel PJs and like a bit of a cravat and then a yeah. blazer on top but oh. not in an odd way that sounds really yeah. weird <laughs> no it is really sexy way. and no, I love a that. really big like fisherman's roll neck anyway aside from the styling which is great for anyone that needs some inspo <laughs> it is yeah really interesting what yeah. did you like about it everything yeah I love Daniel Day-Lewis anyway and Paul Thomas Anderson who did the film as well is amazing I don't know I just loved everything yeah the storyline the weird bit at the end yeah (laughs) and it's quite dry I laughed unexpectedly quite a lot Mm. is it also aesthetically beautiful I feel like it's one of the films that is just visually beautiful I also found it interesting because you see him making and designing all these dresses as well and fitting them all and I really enjoyed just watching the process
process of that. Isn't well. he yeah. quite method? I feel like yes. he would have gone oh, yeah. quite a long way He's to very, learn these techniques. Yeah, very method. And in a lot of these documentaries about these incredible designers, you realise literally like dressmaking is their everything. Mm. There really isn't anything else that goes into their lives. And so when his muse sort of becomes his partner, you realise there's kind of a bit of a clash there and it kind of turns his world a bit upside down. But yeah, I really recommend it. If you haven't seen it, it's available on Netflix now. Speaking of Netflix, I've got a series to recommend. It's called Messiah. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. I've seen, I've seen the advert. It's that. so good. Is it? Because yeah. I wasn't sure well, if well, I watch it? it or not. It's so good. As in, it's nothing new. It's bingeable. It's bingeable exactly. Yeah. So it kind of reminds me of the first season of Homeland a little bit. Not quite as tense mm. yet, but I'm only six into ten. It is about a guy who shows up in Damascus. It's sort of a parallel universe to where we're living now. And ISIS have had a stronghold over Damascus and Syria for a really long time and they're about to take kind of what's left of it and he is kind of found like on a rock in Damascus preaching and this isn't a spoiler this is what happens in the first like 10 minutes he kind of brings this big sandstorm about which lasts for 30 days and drives ISIS away from the territories so he obviously develops a bit of a following people start calling him the messiah he walks a group of several thousand Syrians to the Israeli border and at that point the press get involved and it becomes this kind of international phenomenon and it follows oh my god that sounds it's good. really good so it follows a couple of stories there's a cia agent and so she's trying to work out if he's a fraud there is a mossad agent you know from the israeli side who also is kind of on his tail and then later on in the series crops up a an american preacher and i won't spoil how he gets tied in but basically the story takes place over three different countries tells the story of all these different people and basically is trying to establish whether or not this guy really is the messiah it's really it good. And also yeah. a bit different as well like bit different yeah. it's got kind of homelandy vibes in mm. the cia-ness mm. of it and do you remember in that first series of homeland when you just couldn't work out if damon Lewis yeah. was a terrorist or not <laughs> i loved it's it it's a bit like that obviously this is a bit more there's a sort of supernatural element to it because things happen that are almost kind of like God, miracles God, mir- yeah. yeah miraculous things godly things but they could also possibly have mm. scientific rational explanations as well and you're never quite sure which way it's going to go so I haven't got to the end yet I don't yet know whether he is confirmed as the messiah or whether they leave it open and you don't know yet but if you're into that kind of thing then I really recommend it we're going to talk about brunch now Heather you wrote a feature on nine new brunch restaurants to book in London so I'd like to know where are your favourite places for a good brunch Heather go on we'll start with you if you want really good eggs which brunch has to involve mm-hmm. I think yeah just Granger and Co just yeah. do really I'm really so yeah. Yeah. but guys long old queue it doesn't matter which really? brunch you go to you've really got a queue why where do you go which I, one do you go to I suppose I've gone during the week me maybe. too I've I agree never go during a, the week yeah. go for a meeting or just yes. block out some time and yeah. get there early in the morning correct yes. Yeah, that's a good point. For those that can't, though, you do have Just to keep yeah. yeah. <laughs> You really, really do. They do do the best eggs oh, known to man, don't they? Yes. For those who've never tried it, they're like whipped into submission. Mm. I don't even know what they whip them with. But yeah. Uh, probably like a shit ton of butter and cream. Yeah, you probably do. Great. Yeah. Do so that's a good one. That's, Where else? That's mainly it for me. The other one I go to, purely for logistical reasons, is the Breakfast Club at East Croydon Box Park. Just because from Brighton, you can get there in like 40 minutes on the weekend. And loads of my friends live in Surrey. So it's a very good spot to just, if you are brunching, because you actually want to catch up with people properly 
I can still quite like that. I haven't been to the Breakfast Club for years, but I love it. I've actually yeah. Really yeah. forgot about it until you said that. I went the other day. Well, I said the other day, like last year. I was yeah. impressed, actually. Yeah, they have a bit of everything. I think, yeah, it is a forgotten one. Yeah. They, back in, well, when was it? Like eight or nine years yeah. ago. It was quite an unusual thing. I, exactly. I think it's because it was one of the original that people yeah. were talking about it. Yeah, and there's my, so many My only spots. thing there is the choice is a bit overwhelming. The menu is yeah. a lot. Do you want Mexican, Italian? Like yeah. there's every yeah. kind of <laughs> cuisine but, in like egg form. But also good that it caters for a lot of people. Exactly. True. True. Um, Tor, what do you look for in a good brunch? Yeah, it really depends. If I'm kind of coming out of the gym feeling fresh, it's a very different brunch to if I'm like dying of a hangover. Mm-hmm. But I had to mention Dishu because I think oh, their yes. breakfast is really bloody good. Mm-hmm. And I will always order there the Bombay omelette with a side of masala beans. Oh, and it is honestly at the moment one of my favourite breakfasts. Yeah. Not too heavy? No. Delicious, full of herbs and chili. And actually, the other day, my other half made it at home, and it was really good. Oh, oh yeah, um, yeah. Google the Jamie Bombay omelette recipe. Clever, and it's mm. exact same. Exactly the same. Oh, it's good. really got good. A cookbook out now, so maybe it's in there as well. Okay, noted. Mm. That cookbook. Mm. Their egg naan bread is also incredible. Yeah, it's a classic. I've, I've had. Is that the egg naan bread? The one that it's like a bap. It's like a bacon yeah. bap. Yeah, but it's, it's Indian vibes. Yeah. Exactly in naan bread. Is it that one? A normal roll. Yeah, yeah. you can get a bacon mm. one as well. I tend yes. to go egg. But oh, yeah, it's just it's just so delicious. So good. And yeah. all the chai tea is bottomless, which is really nice. It's nice. Ooh, that's such that's a nice touch. Lou, what about you? What do you look for in a good brunch? Um, so yeah, Granger would definitely be top of my list. If I'm completely honest, I often find that brunch menus are pretty much the same across the board. So I think it's equally as important to just have a really nice vibe. Mm-hmm. Good somewhere coffee. That, yeah, somewhere that you can sit for a while and kind of enjoy the fact that you're going out for brunch and not kind of a quick rush breakfast. Mm. So that is quite important, I think. Other places I love are Jolene, which I know I've mentioned before in Stoke Newington, and Albion, actually, on Redchurch Street, which is yummy kind of home-cooked food, but also kind of in a cool, nice setting as well. Mm. I really like it there. I also put Nopi on my list as well. Yes. Because I think good one. if you want something a bit different, not your standard yeah. kind of just poached egg, I love the black rice porridgey thing or the shakshuka yeah so top of my list also for something different is Delamina mm. which I think does the best brunch and it is oh, we something we did yeah. this yeah. yeah. and it's somewhere I always forget about and then I go back and I'm like oh yeah very yeah. good it's also like Middle Eastern nice. Turkish nice. Israeli vibes and great shakshuka they do like a great Turkish eggs which as we know are a favourite of mine yeah I highly recommend Charlotte where else do you love I think you always go out for breakfast yeah I do go out for breakfast quite a lot I can recommend some local places there's a place called Milk Beach in oh, Queen's yeah. Park okay. which that. yeah they're quite slow again you have to wait in queue but really nice vibes it's an Aussie place and um, there's a nice big outside as well and they do really cool like extra events as well so there's brunch which is great but then also you can go for like Australian wine tasting yeah. nights and it's one of those kind of community places mm-hmm. and they sell like great coffee actually mm-hmm. and they've got a nice bakery too so I really recommend there Heather in your feature there were loads of really good recommendations interesting to see that Lena Stores has now started doing yeah. brunch so basically all the spots in the feature have just launched new brunch menus mm-hmm. also doing it for the first time so yeah Lena Store's the one up in King's have Cross have you tried it? no I haven't I have been there and had their evening menu but no it looks really tasty is there pasta on the brunch menu? unfortunately not oh. uh, but it's more like like sort of sweet pastries and things like that yeah. so if you like a sort of sweet yeah, breakfast right, rather street. than a savoury one mm, not for me got exactly. I just didn't get full mm, on no. a sweet one really I, I need a no. I need a proper savoury yeah. Barbie Green as well which is opening in Barbican I'm guessing that's related to Timmy Green it, and, and um, Daisy Green and Daisy Green I love that I love Timmy Green for those who don't 
don't yeah. know, it's a group of Australian themed restaurants and the charcoal bread. Charcoal bread the is charcoal the one. Charcoal bread is yeah. so is. good. I didn't like it when I went there. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't oh, go actually, back. Actually, Heather, we bumped into each other. Oh, yeah, we yeah. had a meeting. We both had meetings. Another really good one is Hyde. Has anyone been there for lunch? Oh, yeah. Boo's place. Yeah. That's meant to be Isn't that like got a Michelin star? Yeah. So there's two floors, one of which has a Michelin star and the other of which is more casual. Yeah. That's good to know. It's kind of right by Green Park Station. Again, like quite a simple brunch menu, but then like each dish has got a bit of a kick, so mm-hmm. it just makes it a little bit more interesting. So like like the... monsieur with truffle and yeah, exactly. Oh, or yeah. like you know, sorry, but you know <laughs> what we haven't mentioned is my favourite. But sorry, I'm really sorry to interrupt it. But 34 German Street. Oh yes. Oh, I love it there. It's so you know good. what? That is a lesser known gem. Yeah, so central, and it's just really chic and lovely. And the food's so great. completely agree. Yeah. And I think we talked about the marmite oh, crumpets with the poached so eggs, but not with the fried duck eggs before. With duck egg. Egg. You're talking about. I'm surprised you also haven't brought up Chilton Firehouse. I know, but I feel like a bang on about it. People message me being like, hi, you know that place you mentioned on there? What's the dish that I should order at Chilton Firehouse? Because you talk about it on the podcast. Wait, what is the dish you should order? They do soft-boiled eggs with shaved truffle and then like a cheese on toast that you dip with it's, marmite I actually don't know if there's marmite in there yeah, well there's no. some sort of marmite situation yeah basically I think somebody pulled me up on it and then I checked and then there wasn't marmite oh. anyway no I'm so sorry I completely interrupted you <laughs> brunch <laughs> gets people talking yeah lots to say but you'd highly recommend Hyde I would highly recommend Hyde okay mm. there we go well for more new brunch menus in London then have a look at Heather's feature on the site speaking of restaurants it's Valentine's Day next week and we wrote a feature on the most romantic London restaurants to go to I'm sorry this is very London centric but these are all destinations worth coming to the city to check out so I want to know where do you go for a romantic night out where do you consider romantic in London at all well while we're on the subject Elliot's in Borough Market has... is that where you got engaged yeah yeah. <laughs> but it's always been like as a couple one of our kind of favourite places Aww. for me it's a perfect place it's not too big it's kind of probably got about 40 covers the menu changes daily like little small plates it's all really fresh it's just a cool spot mm-hmm. and I'm really kind of anti white tablecloth stuffy mm-hmm. kind of traditional date night dining so that for me is the perfect place and yeah and always be special to yeah me. exactly okay, exactly Lee Duck Soup is a favourite of ours. Again, it's kind of small and intimate and daily changing menu, fresh produce. You forget that I think you're in London when you're there. I love it there. And then last week I went to Wild by Tart for the first time. Yeah, and, yeah. Like and I absolutely loved it. And it was kind of so tucked away. I don't think you'd realise that it was there. I think that whole Eccleston Yard. So yeah, amazing. so cute. Yeah, there's Barry's now there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And also Remind, that meditation studio. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a concept space, isn't it? As well as a restaurant. Yes, they do like pop-up-y kind mm-hmm. of yeah. events there. And, and there's things. a shop. Yes. Yeah, there's a shop, a florist. Really nice beauty salon. Yeah. And that other one, Joan's Family Kitchen, is there. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing it, actually. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really good. I think so, really nice as a first date because it's also quite spacious. So I don't feel like you'd be, like, sitting on top of people that are around you mm-hmm. or feel like you were being watched or feel mm-hmm. too intimidated. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's got a really nice bar as well, hasn't yeah, it? And, yeah. yeah, it's a really nice mm-hmm. bar. You can also kind of sit up at the kitchen and I don't know it was just really relaxing but still felt quite special and what's the food like food is incredible again all sharing plates so if you aren't into sharing your food then don't go there for a date <laughs> who um, isn't into sharing their food some people I get know. I, have, I have to be in the mood I'm not gonna lie oh interesting mm. yeah it's tough I think when you've misordered and then someone mm. else has got something else you're like damn they would share mm. anyway it's all sharing plates which can add up on the bill but if you kind of want to just try a little bit of everything I guess it's sort of European Mediterranean mix 
lots of veg. Lots of veg. So great for veggies, delicious wine menu and incredible desserts. Mm. So yeah, that's my favourite right now. Talking about Marmite, they'd had as one of the kind of starter dishes, you got your whole kind of sourdough loaf with this Marmite butter. Oh, oh wow. Oh my God, it was mind-blowing. Simple that. but mind-blowing. They used mm. to do that at Rail House Cafe. Yes. Alex Head from Social Pantry, she always recommends making Marmite butter like with crudités when you have people yeah. at dinner. And I, actually, yeah. I did it a while ago with radishes and it, it's, oh. it's good. I good. Yeah, Clever. you literally just mix butter and Marmite. Oh, and then dip radishes in. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Sounds it, and it looks so pretty on a plate. Anyway, oh. Heather, date night spot? I've just kind of gone for more, I guess they're kind of romantic in their own way, but not necessarily. So I just really like Quavadis in oh, Soho, yeah. which is amazing. It always reminds me of you. I don't know oh, really? I, just, I love it. It's I go there every day. And if I could afford a membership, I'd definitely have one. But, is um, it a members club? Yeah, but the restaurant downstairs, you can go. Got it. Uh, reserve a spot. There's not actually that many tables now because they uh, brought the Barafina in next door. So yeah, not as big as it was, but Jeremy Lee is one of my favourite chefs and he still cooks there. So really love that place. And then Brunswick House as well in Vauxhall. It's sort mm. of on Vauxhall mm. Ridge Road, like right on the roundabout and looks right bloody state. Yeah. But inside it's... Uh, I always forget about that place. Yeah. It's like next to my flat. Always go past yeah. it, I think. I know that everyone talks about it, but always just put off by the outside of oh, it. No. It's stunning inside. Yeah. So it's, it's an really, really this cool. really nice old house that's right on the roundabout, surrounded by all these sort of horrid new builds. But yeah, they sell antiques inside. So everything is for sale, all the tables, chairs, chandeliers that's and decor. Cool. And then, yeah, Jackson Boxer cooks the food there. Mm, the and food yeah, is good. Really nice. It changes all the time. But again, sort of modern European ingredient-led stuff. Really, cool. really tasty. Mm. And because you're kind of surrounded by all these old, beautiful objects, it's yeah, definitely got a romantic cool, feel to so it. Nice. And then I think if you're after something cheap, Brasserie Zadel has definitely got that sort of Paris vibe a little bit, even though you're down in a basement. I feel like you recommend Brasserie Zadel a lot. I haven't yeah. been for years, and I, I remember finding it a bit overwhelming. It's I did as well. I, I really rate it. Like, I'd go there all the time. Have you been for live music? I feel like I'd yes. like to do that. Yeah. yeah, and the American Bar, which is next door, it just makes some of the best cocktails in London as well. Okay. So it's definitely a good spot to kind of have a few drinks. And then the set menu is like £10.50 for two really what? good cocktails courses it's ridiculously cheap and the wine list you can get some really good French wine really cheap and I just I think it's yeah. just a really underrated spot. That's also a really difficult location for, for restaurants. For Tourist food. Trap Central. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it, for those who don't know, it's literally just in Leicester Square. Yeah. So, okay, a good recommendation. Yeah. And also, really you can probably walk in because it is so yeah. large. Mm, so, it that's is. Good yeah, to know. I really rate it. Good for pre or post theatre, actually. It is. For me, a romantic restaurant has to be somewhere kind of under the radar. Like, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't go for a date night somewhere that wasn't. But for something like truly romantic, I like kind of a bit like you were describing, not too stuffy kind of wooden tables, lots of candles, good yeah. wine. Mm. So there's a restaurant called Cepage in Notting Hill, which is a French restaurant. How do you spell it? C-E-P-A-G-E-S. Cepage is a French word. What does it mean? It means grapes. So is it like a wine bar? It's like a wine bar, but with really gorgeous French tapas almost, like mm. little sharing plates, really good fresh seafood, and just so intimate and cosy and full of locals and just so lovely for a date that night. sounds so nice. Yeah, you can buy a bottle and then take it away with you if you don't finish it. It's really so lovely and a bit of a, a hidden gem that people don't know about. Another one I go on about all the time is 28 Church Row in Hampstead, which again is a real hidden gem. Spanish tapas, underground, 
underground a bit more noisy but also it's kind of intimate noisy mm-hmm. kind of underground and cozy mm-hmm. and cute so so Angela Hart has opened a new restaurant in Bermondsey the, the Cafe Murano and we went there for with friends the other night and that was lovely mm. that's I Italian isn't it yeah Italian yeah. and just so well priced she's got the restaurant at Limewood which oh. is also such oh. a good menu and yes. so if you're in that neck of the woods down in Hampshire yeah then, yeah, yeah. yeah really recommend tour there was another one that you loved in Bermondsey yeah Cascroot which is also French it feels like a real neighbourhood local French vibe okay. food is amazing and they also do a kind of set menu deal yeah I've had a couple of really nice evenings there I feel like we need to do a feature on all the restaurants on Bermondsey Street yeah, actually definitely. yeah don't be fooled and go to Bermondsey Station if you want Bermondsey Street because that's a good 16 minute you walk will. and also you end up with like a kebab exactly <laughs> go to London Bridge and walk to Bermondsey yeah. Street it's where yeah. the design museum is but there's also a cafe there called the B Street Deli which Ben and I go to all the time it's basically a big deli counter and it's just got some really small kind of bench like window tables almost but you can do charcuterie platters glasses mm. of wine and cheese platters and we've been there a few times but we know there's really hot summer evenings and it's half outdoors half indoors yeah. so they've got all these big windows open and they've got candles burning and all these flowers in the window and you feel like you're in a different country it's so gorgeous oh, there how nice yeah mm. I really recommend alright well Heather I look forward to reading that feature mm. and if doing you... this before lunch guys was not a good I know, I know. I'm very salivating <laughs> hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We're going to talk a little bit more about food. We wrote a feature on five easy dishes that you can just stick in the pot and go. Tor, you have a book that you are particularly wedded to at the moment, which is a great recommendation for people who like one tray dinners. Yeah, it's called The Roasting Tin by Rukmini Aya. And I was given it by my mum, who has given it to all her friends. I have since bought it for like three of my friends and both my siblings. It has changed my life. Big statement. No, but it's on a par with like Jamie Five Ingredients book. I wouldn't say I have many books where I've made pretty much every single recipe, but it's up there. I made one on Saturday night. So you, you just do everything in a tin. And I bought one of those kind of falcon enamelware mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And in it was bulgur wheat, peppers, cherry tomatoes, feta and parsley. And you literally put stock in and put the foil over and shove it in the oven. 40 minutes, done. And all the recipes are like that. Easy wow. ingredients, delicious, loads of veggie things. Some of them are vegan. You need to buy it. It's okay. on Amazon for £8. Pounds. Oh, wow. Good it's shit. so nice. good. And a mixture of different cuisines yep. and flavours and yeah and actually she's there's now I think four or five books in the series okay so I've got the classic one but there's now like around the world there's now a vegan one yeah, so there's yes, green I love green telling me about the green one yeah. actually honestly have a look guys. I've never heard of her I know the yeah. book but not her if that makes sense if yeah. you've yeah. seen it everywhere yeah. interesting in each book there's kind of a formula of making a one dish thing so if mm-hmm. you have this meat you can put it with this herb this root vegetable this nut a bit like our uh, food maths feature yes. which I like. 
Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Which anyway, it's yeah, it's it's a great book. Okay, good. I'm yeah. gonna get that. Heather, any favourites? I've got sent this cookbook recently, and especially when I showed it to Tobes, my boyfriend, he was like, "What the hell? We're not eating that." Because it's called the Obesity Cookbook. Okay. But <laughs> it's yeah. basically written by this nutritionist <laughs> who helps you devise recipes for intermittent fasting. Perfect. And actually, when you look through, there's loads of things that you think it basically just hasn't really got many carbs in. So it's got like butter and oil and quite a lot of meat and things. So at first glance, you're like this doesn't sound very healthy at all but when you kind of it's actually quite low carb exactly low carb, very, fat. very tom carriage exactly yeah. but no i cooked something the other day that was in there that was a sort of one pot cannellini beans prawns parsley chopped tomatoes loads of garlic Ooh. and it was just really mm, simple but just tasted really really delicious and was actually really filling so i shall definitely be making that again although it was like super garlicky but great yeah more, good for me there, yeah. maybe not for anyone else but yeah <laughs> it's actually got some good recipes in considering that it does look a bit mm. sort of yeah. Uh, a bit diety. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You definitely get the best flavour out of vegetables when you roast them. Mm. Like I garlic is yeah. like yeah. completely different yeah, yeah, yeah. to roast mm. this. I love roasted garlic too. Mm. And actually recently I've been making quite a lot of kind of veggie tray mix and I always caramelise my onions before I put them in. Yeah. So that's a good makes, idea. I mean, it makes such a difference. It yeah. just makes it taste like, yeah, level up. Or well, sometimes it feels like everything else, like peppers and things have cooked, but the onions still haven't mm. quite. Yeah, they've mm. still got a bit of, a bit of crunch yeah. to them. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Not the same. Lou, you like a one-tray dish? Yeah, I love a tray bake. Mine, like, go-to would be chickpeas, red onions, cherry tomatoes, garlic, and then at the end get some, like, kale mix that all in together and a bit of tahini dressing mm. yeah, sounds that sounds good. great yeah like mm. really spicy chickpeas so like I put like cumin chilli flakes olive oil just mix it all together it's mm. delish mm. I actually feel for vegan food like a tray bake yeah. actually works really well because you can just put any combination yeah. of veggies yeah. together so yes. good I recently made one from Otto Lenghi's Simple recipe book and it basically transforms the way you cook rice if I've ever tried to cook rice in a pan inevitably I've then had to throw away that pan oh you yeah it's such a nightmare so he basically has this recipe and in the blurb about it, he said that he used it to feed 400 people at Wilderness. He's like, trust me, like this works even en masse. And it's basically, you fill your tray with rice. What, a like roasting a base, tray? A roasting tray. Oh. Don't quote me on, on exactly what this is. You'll have to check the recipe. <laughs> but you fill it with a kind of a stock and buttery mix. Pour it over so it covers the rice and then some, maybe like an inch or so more. And then you put it in the oven foil. for 40 minutes. Foil? foil, cover it tightly with foil. And yeah. it makes the fluffiest non-stick rice. It is genius. And he mixes it with, it's kind of Middle Eastern, obviously. So it's feta, mm. pomegranate seeds, mint, some roasted walnuts. And then you mix it all together. And it went down a treat. Mm. And a complete novelty to be able to make rice on mass. I didn't even a... know you could make that like, rice in the oven. Well, you can make like baked risotto, can't you? Yeah. Jamie Oliver in that five ingredients has yeah. got like a saffron rice risotto thing in a similar method. And again, I was like, this is not going to work. Mm. And it did. But actually, so I never thought to do normal rice that way. Could you do risotto, like proper classic cheesy risotto like that? Yeah, that's what really? this one is. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was the whole point is that you're meant you to be stirring it. Yeah. But it still did the trick because all it was doing was just absorbing it's the But was stock. it creamy still? I whacked in a load of mascarpone at the end. Fine, so yeah, it probably helped out the creaminess. But I do feel with risotto when I'm making it, like I don't really want to know exactly how much cheese oh, and wine yeah. I put in it. Whereas if you do it that <laughs> way, then true. you have you to. Know. You know. Yeah, yeah that's you true. Know. So Chloe, our fab food contributor, put this piece together. And in it, she has recipes like orange chicken with pinto beans and coriander, on the hob spiced fish with peppers, and thyme and chili roasted veg with romesco salsa. All sounding delicious. Mm. So do have a look at the feature for some more inspo. We're going to talk about SAD now, SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Apparently 20% of British adults experience symptoms and women are 40% more likely to be affected than men. We are just about coming out 
of the darkest time of year. It is feeling a little lighter in the mornings and the evenings. But I want to know, do you guys feel like you suffer from sad? And what do you do about it at all? You know what? Without sounding like really smug, it's one thing I actually don't suffer from. But I really am convinced it's because I try and spend as much time outside, especially first thing in the morning. When I was marathon training like two years ago, the experts say that you should just train as much as you can outside because it makes you kind of mentally and physically more resilient. But I really believe seeing daylight or whatever it is, some kind of light first thing really helps you boost your mood and stay awake. But how does that work if you're running in, in winter dark. and it's dark? I don't know, but it helps you mentally. Oh, really? So even you don't even need to see daylight, you just need to be outside? I don't know, but I find it helps me. Okay. Ideally, yes, you should be in daylight, yeah. but it's pretty hard when the sun rises at yeah. like eight o'clock. Right. So even if you're running in the dark, that's still... It boosts your endorphins and boosts your alertness. Mm -hmm. So to me, that plays into all of this. So maybe it's just doing exercise Mm -hmm. in the morning. Yeah, that was one of the tips in the piece. Okay, interesting. Um, Heather? I don't think I suffer from it. I've got friends who've got those loomy lamps that kind of mimic sunrise so that even when you wake up at sort of half five to go to work or whatever, which my friend has to do, she feels like Mm -hmm. she's lifted with the light and is getting a bit of natural... Light. Light, yes. One of the experts I spoke to for the piece said that the loomy light's the best because they have the legally strongest light bulb you're allowed or something. I see. So that's the brand to look for is the loomy one. They're as bright as you can get, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, what I found really interesting that piece was the benefits of having Amigas, Amiga oils. Okay. Apparently it can play a huge part in your mental health and help beat depression, which is quite interesting. More oily fish. Yeah. I found the gut stuff interesting in the piece as well, because I know I just keep hearing even more about it being... I feel like every piece I write, I could say, oh, and think about your gut health, think about your gut health. What could I start doing today to kind of like... I mean, there's no such thing as a quick fix, right? Sort my life out with my gut. I think... I mean, Charlotte, you can tell us all about this. I can, I know. Well, basically, I went for a test last week I've always suffered from colds a lot. That's like my one thing that like, thankfully touch wood, I'm, I'm pretty well, but I've always been struck down by colds. This winter it's been particularly bad. I've had four colds in mm. five months and I was like, something's not right. Additionally, I've had like what I would describe as minor gut issues, but nothing that's ever been so big that I've bothered seeking help about it. Everybody I know who's ever tried to pursue an answer to the reason behind their gut health issues has always just ended up, you know, having to keep food diaries, going for blood tests. I don't feel like you know obviously there's plenty of science but I don't feel like GPs unless you really like spend months investigating can help you kind of get to the source of what your issues are so I went to the organic pharmacy there are four branches in London and they offer a health assessment with quantum slash EIS update that's the name of the system it's basically I'm going to read you the description so I get it completely right they describe it as a bioenergetic device which scans the body in three minutes it gives profiles on vitamin and mineral deficiencies organ function hormone balance viruses, bacteria, fungus, parasites, digestive disorders, stress, and food intolerances. God, that's terrifying. So basically, you go into the room with the operative, who I'm guessing is trained in kind of herbal medicine and alternative therapies, and they ask you a selection of questions, you know, things like what's your diet like, you know, how regular are your periods, etc, etc. And then you get wired up to this machine, so your temples are wired up, and then you have your hands and your feet bare on kind of two different sheets of metal basically and you have to sit there kind of quietly and still for three minutes and this machine basically checks everything that I just read out so I'm very healthy (laughs) but it's incredible in the how does it check it I I don't know I think it's measuring your something and I might be saying this wrong your interstitial fluid yes and I'm not quite sure exactly what that is it's pretty scientific but I believe it's the liquid that surrounds all your organs and it can just tell where where there's inflammation basically spot on so it scans your body scans 
everything going wow. on in the body. So mm. it was able to check my serotonin levels, my cortisol. sugar balances, my cortisol, every, like wow. literally everything. And yeah. you can see it basically comes up on screen. I mean, thousands of like, intricate diagrams and graphs. Yeah. But specifically, it comes up with a kind of map of your body and your organs and then highlights any problematic areas. All of this to say is my gut is my problematic right. area. A large chunk of your immune system sits in your gut. So if you have any kind of gut issues, then obviously that can affect your immunity. As I say, I always suspected I had some kind of gut issue. What I didn't suspect, and what, again, I'm pretty sure a GP would have never been able to diagnose, is that stress is, for me, the root of my gut issues, as it is for nearly everybody. I yeah. don't suffer from any more stress than anyone else. But like everybody these days, yeah. we all suffer from stress. And so whether that's kind of active stress or anxiety, whatever it is, those things can yeah. then trigger issues in your gut, which then trigger other issues around the body. Mm. So as I say, for me, that's immunity. For other people, that can be different mm. things. She said people can get you know gout or arthritis or various things, all triggered by stress or by a kind of weakened gut. So basically, if you think you have food intolerances, you may well be like me and find that you have food intolerances that are almost fake. They're basically triggered by stress, by anxiety. Anyway, she recommended omega-3s. This, and obviously this is all kind of tailored personally yeah. to you. But the takeaways that can be applied to everyone is a probiotic every single day is essential mm. for everybody. Yeah, I just think with the probiotic, you've got to be so careful with the one you're buying and the kind of strains I just took their one. their one. So I just went with that. But that's interesting. I didn't realize yeah. there were constraints. Well, there's, there's pre and probiotics. It's a real minefield of information out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think we'd always just check with, if you can, with some kind yeah. of health professionals to yeah. which one you should be taking. Or we'll go to the organic pharmacy. I can't recommend we'll go it. To the, yeah, and I'm guessing will... it's quite inexpensive. It's £150. So Ooh, it's I think actually it's yeah, really I affordable. It be way more I know. Than that. I agree. So obviously it's not super cheap. But if you've got an issue that you feel like you need a yeah. bit of analysis, over, you know, like something like what I was mm. experiencing. Or you're just not feeling yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I was yeah. like, there's something wrong to catch this many codes I need to identify yeah. what that is were you nervous of discovering anything that you weren't aware of yeah at the end I was like just to clarify if I had some like deadly disease you would know this from this right, right. Like, yeah yeah we would know so like oh. thank god I'm yeah all good but yeah and it kind of comes up with boxes of like you're in high risk of this and you're in low risk of this and like thankfully there was nothing in my high risk but she said like you know people will go to her and have a million things in their high risk things so then there are bigger changes to make but the other thing she really recommended me which Tor you've been banging on to me about for years is adaptogens specifically Holy Basil, which long-term Sherlock's fans yeah. might even remember. We're talking about Holy Basil is basically, it adjusts your cortisol levels accordingly. So whether you're there too high or too low, mm-hmm. it keeps you kind of on the straight and narrow. Charlotte, you're all, you're all over it. I know these <laughs> yeah. things now. So yeah. those are two things, yeah, the probiotic and Holy Basil that can really help. Sorry to sound ridiculous, but Holy Basil, this is the plant basil? with It's not the kind of basil you put on your pasta, right. but I think it's related to kind of a different variety of the basil plant. Adaptogens, yeah. they're ancient herbs aren't they? Exactly. I think they've got Indian origins. Yes. And the idea is they adapt to what your body needs. So if you're stressed, they'll calm you down. If you're the other way around, they'll boost mm-hmm. your energy. Because actually what this woman told me is that it's also not healthy to have too low stress levels. Yeah, you need a certain amount of exactly. your, your, adrenaline. Totally, your stress levels yeah. need to be at, at okay. a certain level. You can't have them too low or too high. So mm-hmm. that's why adaptogens And these work. are things that people need all the time, whether they are stressed, not stressed. No one needs they, them. You don't. No, but you might find you benefit from taking them. Okay. Or you might find you start taking them and stop taking them and then realize how good you felt when you were taking which is what happened to you right yeah. They're a herbal supplements, so yeah. it's not like, you know, like how everyone needs vitamin C. Exactly. But you could find them really effective. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to do a feature in a couple of weeks. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm so sorry, Heather, you asked a simple question. I just you talked did. about yeah. myself for no, quite a long but... time. But I really do recommend having that test no, in terms no. of your gut health. Probiotic was the biggest takeaway. Mm. 
So your question was, is there a quick fix, basically? Or well, not we a do, quick fix, but what could we yeah, do today? Yeah, exactly. What can you start doing immediately? Mm. But I guess go have a test yeah. and yeah. work out what's wrong. And I think you really can't go wrong with eating more probiotic foods. Mm-hmm. Things like sauerkraut, kefir, oh. miso, yogurt, fermented things, fermented things mm-hmm. exactly. Kombucha, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Also, Simprove. It's that liquid probiotic yeah. that you take every morning on an empty stomach. And I tried it and actually didn't see much of a difference, but I think I have quite good gut health. But people who have taken it who have issues from skin to mm. sex drive, everything, it's apparently incredible. And those right. like Actimel and Activia, are they a load of nonsense? I think so. Yeah. yeah. They're just yogurt drinks, aren't yeah. they? I don't yeah. Think. I think maybe for an antibiotics, I've always had those and they can feel quite calming. Mm. You know, yeah. Psychological thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We were talking about ways to beat sad. Lou, do you think you suffer from that? Be- at the beginning of winter, I just tried to really embrace it and I actually way prefer like, autumn is my favourite time of year. So I tried to embrace the sort of darker evenings kind of cozy nights in and make it more of a positive step in the kind of a shift in my routine I guess but I think it when it comes to January and it's just really lagging and I find it's the mornings actually the more the issue than the evenings and just waking up in the dark I just find that hard to kind of feel revitalized and kind of ready to start the day when it's really dark outside so I think that's probably how I suffer the most so I completely relate to exactly that I find pre-Christmas really cozy and then I find post-Christmas like want to kill myself so <laughs> what I do is try and make sure I have something to look forward to in the morning so even if that's just like my coffee or it's a nice lighting got, a candle lighting a candle <laughs> or I got a nice new granola this morning just little things that then I can look forward to so when I'm waking up I'm like okay it's not all doom and gloom yeah I have this to come in the next hour or so mm. rather than thinking you know waiting yeah. my nice dinner tonight whatever it is I think some some positive things to look forward to in the morning help and as I said we're only about eight weeks from the clocks going forward end of March so bring it on we're going to end by talking about weddings now wedding dresses to be specific because we've got two upcoming brides in the room Lou and Tor you're both getting married very soon and you've both been dress hunting I found the whole dress situation really difficult and I struggled actually to find something that felt kind of true to my style and I felt really comfortable in and I didn't go down the route of trying all all the traditional dresses like you know everyone says kind of the first thing you try on make it something a bit fun and you're never going to pick what you thought you were going to pick but every time I just tried something on I just felt like I was just almost like an imposter I didn't try something else exactly the same exactly the same nothing just felt special enough no but I do feel like we're in a better position now because I think even 10 years ago there was not this much choice Mm. from so many different budgets and so many different styles now for a couple of my girlfriends who got married years ago like I wish I was having my time again now because my dress would be so different Mm. and I think it's great that so many brands are now launching bridal collections in a slightly more modern way and essentially it's a fun white dress Mm. rather than it be a floor length gown so you might not both want to reveal where your dresses are from. Maybe we'll do that post-wedding. But what did you do to solve the issue when you couldn't find what you were looking for? So yeah, I went to quite a few different places, very different styles, just because I thought I wanted to try on a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone said, oh, you have to go and try on the big princess style thing. I went to Sassy Holford. I actually think I cried in Sassy Holford. Aww. I just felt, yeah, I felt like an absolute imposter. I was like, what is going to suit me? Yeah. I just don't know. And what I thought was going to suit me just looked awful. Yeah. The prices can be so I depressing. Yeah. 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 And I think because there's so much pressure, again, to feel like your best on your wedding day. Yeah, it's and, so much you know, pressure. I would see these dresses and, I, and I'd see, you know, Instagram as well, I think has really made this process 
so much more difficult because you see so many more real brides than you ever kind of normally would. But they're beautiful dresses and you can appreciate the design and the craftsmanship. But then when you put it on, oh, it, just, yeah, it can it just look a bit shit. It can look really yeah. shit. Yeah. And just not very you. No. No, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And also it's like a whole other category of dressing when you've never tried on that thing before. So it's not like Completely. if you don't look good in jumpers, then you just know to avoid jumpers or jeans or whatever yeah. that thing is. But wedding dresses, it's like quite horrible to find out in your late 20s that you look so shit in something that you've been looking Completely. Yeah, but it's, it's also on the, on the flip side quite eye-opening to now totally. discover that the dress I've gone for is completely the opposite of what I thought I was going to go for. They always say, and I realise actually I can wear the certain style I didn't think I could wear. Yeah. There you go. And did you have an idea of what you wanted yes, for? But it was completely the opposite, mm. really, to what I've gone for. And is that kind of you know for the last ten years or whatever? Have no, you thought I know, about no. what your wedding dress no. would be like? It was literally as soon as you got engaged, you were like, okay, like now I'm going to think about this. Yes, exactly, okay. exactly. But my dress is from Andrea Hawks and it's a bespoke one so it's being made as well so it's kind of exactly how I, I want it which Perfect. is really nice how's yours going yeah so I'm doing the same I'm also going bespoke again I just couldn't find what I wanted out there so it's kind of a combination of different things I've seen and I just quite like the idea of being able to say that you designed your own wedding dress yeah. and no one else has ever mm-hmm. worn that that's it I know people who've gone for dresses from kind of conventional designers and been really scared in the interim that someone they know is going to wear yeah. the same dresses that, yeah. that's a real worry that so. was also huge yeah, yeah. And again, I think because of Instagram as well, that kind of makes that more mm-hmm. difficult. But I guess the struggle that comes with that, and probably worse for me because I'm terrible at decision making, is that you can decide every single bit of it. Yeah. So there, it almost makes too it, many choices, mm-hmm. too yeah, many decisions. Yeah. But I'm really excited, and I guess you also don't really know what it's going to be like until the very end. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite scary. It's nerve wracking, but really, really exciting. And you're enjoying the process, both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And can you just quickly? debunk a myth because I think I always would have thought that getting a dress made was more expensive than going kind of from a designer but that doesn't have to be the case does no. it? No, do your research. I think if you are going to go down the bespoke route that is kind of key in every sense you know from price to fabric to shapes just because I think you know you have limited amount of appointments with the designer so you really need to know exactly what you want at the very beginning but yeah price I mean the scale of what a wedding mm-hmm. dress can cost these days is so vast but for my budget I found that going bespoke was more efficient more efficient well on that topic Lou Matches Fashion have just launched Bridal we wrote a feature on it last week and oh my god it is so good and the best thing about it is there is something for everybody this sounds like an ad it's not there really just is something for every price point isn't there there really is and I also think people also when they're building their bridal wardrobe now it's not just about the day of the wedding Mm -hmm. there are so many other occasions that you're looking for dresses for and Matches in particular have got so many great options oh I need to look Um, honestly they've got everything they have something based on whatever kind of person you are so if yeah, you completely. want a slinky slip dress great if you want a kind of 50s inspired something if you want something completely over the top like there really is something for everybody yeah. and honestly prices start from like 150 not for maybe like a wedding dress yeah. but for something for kind of in and around yeah. your big day mm. and that's another part of it that I found so hard is that there's a lot of this sort of pretty feminine romantic fairy tale style dresses and I don't sit that well in that camp mm. so it's just nice to see that so many brands are catering for other styles yeah, completely agree and there's trousers and yeah. mini skirts and literally a bit of everything so do have a look also we will be launching much more wedding content on Sheerlux pretty soon so if you are an upcoming bride like Tor or Lee then keep your eyes peeled for that because it's going to be good alright I think we'll leave it there if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at Sheerlux.com we love hearing from you don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 